0: This is episode 112 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews with interesting people. Joining me today via Skype, I have Lydia Bastianich. I feel like you don't even need an introduction because you are just so loved and popular and everyone knows you around the world. Thank you, Trish. Pleasure being with you. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for making the time. You are an Italian-American chef, an Emmy award-winning television host, author, restaurateur, Let me take a breath. But most importantly, you're the captain of your own ship in your kitchen. (laughs) I am, I am. Uh, Well, I don't know, Uh, yes, yes. uh, I I would say you are, yeah, I would say you are. Um, I saw a video, uh, it was probably an older video, correct me if I'm wrong, it was of your mama, and she said, You either you either wanted to be a doctor or she wanted you to be a doctor and that didn't quite work out. But she's still proud of you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I actually wanted to be a pediatrician, but somehow food always uh, pulled me. And then I I met my husband who was in the industry and we opened a restaurant. And I guess that was my calling. Uh, But I still, you know, I still close with kids, uh, love kids, love taking care of them.
0: I love feeding them now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's start from the beginning, Lydia. Where are you from originally? I was born. It now it's
1: called Pula. It was Pola. It's a city on a little peninsula, uh, that of Istria. Istria is the name of the peninsula. Right. And and uh, Istria belonged to Italy. And after World War II, it was uh, given to the communist Yugoslavia. So that little peninsula, and this is, you're looking at Venice and right across the Adriatic, a small little peninsula, that's Istria. And uh, it became uh, communist in 1947. And that's, I was born around that time. And it was a rough time, you know, being an Italian family under communism and, uh, you know, having to uh, uh, kind of Listen to the communistic dogma and rules, Mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately, we escaped back
0: into Italy. You did. Um, You left, let's see, you left at a really young age. What do you remember growing up there?
1: I remember very much growing in in Istria. I I remember because I think that was my kind of formative uh, uh, years in general, but also uh, my passion for food. Uh, my mother was a school teacher. My father was a mechanic, and they were in the they were we lived in the city, but my grandmother lived in the outskirts, and she had a little farm and uh, food was was scarce in those times. The whole situation you know you couldn't speak Italian, you couldn't go to church. so my mother uh, and father put me and my brother. Uh, up to with grandma to live with grandma and that was uh, my memories are so vivid Mm. and so wonderful Uh, because grandma you know grandmas are grandmas they love you but they include you she included me it was a tough time and I helped her and she provided the food for the whole family so She had a garden, of course, and we made olive oil, we have olive trees, and grandpa made wine enough for the family. We even have wheat fields. She made enough wheat to make flour for the year, to make bread. But we had goats, we had pigs, we had rabbits, we had chickens, we had geese and ducks. And these animals, you know, I was part of feeding them Uh, uh, kind of cleaning up after them with Mm -hmm. their pens,
0: collecting the
1: eggs, uh, and ultimately, you know, uh, uh, eating them, they were part of our meal.
0: I was just gonna say, you do have an appreciation for what goes on your table when you play a role in everything from the wheat to the animals that you're eating. And that was, is this Grandma Rosa you're talking about? Grandma Rosa, that's also my maternal grandmother, the mother, to my mother, of course. What is it about, Grandma's and, you know, I used to help my mom in the kitchen and she would kind of shoo me out because I wasn't doing it her way necessarily. And she would just be like, get get, get out of here. But grandma always said, come on in and help me.
1: I think, you know, I'm a grandma now. Mm -hmm. I have five grandkids and they're big. Uh, There's there's a uh, you know, there's a special love. I think a bonding between grandmas and grandchildren and and that is uh, uh you know you're certainly too young to, to but you will you'll get there uh, <laughs> and, and it's very special uh, because you you have this unconditional dedication love mm-hmm. uh you just love these kids you want to do everything for them you know as a mom you have to be stern and uh, you know kind of teach your children and try to put them in order but as a grandma you could be warm and loving yep. and uh, and and all of that comes out and kids just
0: don't forget it. And so food played a role with you and your family day one.
1: It did because there I was, you know, running after grandma, she would uh, give me the baskets go get the eggs in the morning, you know, <laughs> she she knew exactly how many eggs were laid, you know, she heard the chickens because the chickens announce when they when they laid the egg, you know, they kind of sing, if you will, or whatever they of whatever they do. <laughs> and uh, she she would know exactly how many eggs and she, she would send me, and then she would make scrambled eggs or whatever. Mm. We'd milk the goats together, you know, I would help her milk the goat, and that was breakfast. Uh, you know, no, no, no regular milk, it was goat's milk with mm-hmm. some coffee. And uh, and so you know I was involved feeding the animals. Uh, I would run around uh, with her, helping her. You know when she would go in the in the garden, help her with the collecting the beans, the string beans, the uh, the the potatoes, all of that. I was part of it, and I really got to understand how the animals are part of feeding us and how yeah. it's a collaboration between us, how the garden, the earth gives us these gifts, This, these, you have to work, yes, you have to plant, but these are the gifts that sustain us. And uh, I think uh, from then on my appreciation for food and ultimately the respect for food mm. and how to prepare it
0: and how to nurture and feed the family. I love that. And you had to leave Grandma Rosa at a really early age, I understand, because the world's in turmoil and you and your family essentially had to get out, right? Right, I was 10 years old when Mm -hmm. my
1: parents decided to go back to Italy and they they wouldn't allow you to go, you ultimately had to escape. So my mother, my brother and I, they left three of us to go because we had family on the other side of the border, but my father had to stay almost as a hostage, but he escaped at night and met up, met up with us in Trieste. Trieste is a city, a beautiful city. You know, I, 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 I go back to it all the time now. And there we had some family and we stayed with the family and then ultimately we had to uh, kind of uh, announce ourselves. You know, we were refugees now. We had escaped, we were, we were looking for refuge. And uh, the Italian governments, even though we were originally Italian, you know, they changed our name and everything, and the situation was was they changed our last name from mm-hmm. from Matikio, Matikio to Motika and so on, and uh, and so we had to register with the with the police, uh, the immigration department, and they put us in a refugee camp, and we were there political refugee camp for two years. Wow! Uh, and we and we awaited for an opportunity to migrate, and uh, my parents, of course, uh, you know, America was was the land a uh, great uh, future and prosperity and opportunity And uh, ultimately after two years we got the, the visa. Dwight Eisenhower was the president. We got an opportunity to be to come to America as immigrants And we did And in 19 that was in 1958.
0: Wow, what do you remember from the refugee camp?
1: Well, the refugee camp was 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 tough you know you were closed in you weren't allowed mm-hmm. to just go in and out you had to have permission because you didn't have all the papers mm-hmm. uh and uh we we slept uh, you know it was big uh, uh big dorms if you will separated uh all oh, the whole floor there was one floor for families on top there was a floor for for single girls and on the bottom for single men and so on the floor, on this this big floor, it was divided sometimes with with um, uh, boards, uh, uh, just little cubicles for for each family. And we stayed there for two years. The dining room was down on the ground floor. We went online for food. We waited, you know, online for our food. Right. And and uh, then we had big tables, and we you know we all gathered around those tables and had our meals. So and- it was tough. So again, my 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 the lack of food you know was again another experience the appreciation of somebody giving you
0: food and you know
1: the the want of food
0: right exactly and then you you and your family ultimately came to new york city you were 12 years old at the time i was i was 12 years old we got uh uh the the the
1: um uh, visa to come, and uh, we had the Catholic Charities and the Red Cross that brought us here because we had nobody in the United States either, and so we we were brought here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were put actually in Manhattan in a, in a hotel, uh, you know, not unlike what's happening today. Let me tell you, <laughs> and and uh, and uh, we were we were uh, uh, there for about two two months, to have the And the Catholic Charities and the social workers. Mm took care of us, you know, took care of us. First they subsidized, my mother said, you go out and you get food for your kids, you know, and you eat. There was a Horn and Heart right across. And that was a kind of dining place for us kids. was was a thrill. I don't know if you know or remember or ever seen a Horn and Heart. It's where they have in the wall, this kind of little doors and you would put your nickel in and the door would open, you would take your pie or you would take your sandwich or whatever out. Yeah, it was, for us us it was very fun. And then then they found a job for my father.
0: Okay. uh, And
1: ultimately we settled uh, in Astoria.
0: Okay, so you were with your mom, your brother, and your dad?
1: Yes, we were four of
0: us. Okay, and so, did it hit you at that time that did you ever get to see Grandma Rosa again?
1: After ten years, on, on my honeymoon when I got married, I went to see Grandma Rosa, uh, and uh, oh, it was something that was because you know as a young child I didn't know, I didn't know that we were not going to go back home. I thought right. we were going to Trieste to visit some relatives, uh, but instead my parents had other plans. You know, when my father escaped and came to meet us, then. I realized, so yeah. so I never said goodbye to grandma. So it was a, a, a big long longing. And I think that that's when I really, uh, I was bringing my grandmother back to myself or that with, with cooking, with the smells, what I remember from her. And uh, you know, my passion for cooking brought me back to that, that sort of idyllic place with grandma that I yeah. had as, as a child.
0: Oh, you're gonna make me cry. I just lost my grandma last year, late last year and I have one of her big cast iron pots that that's she nice. made everything in, pot roast, whatever, and, whoo, this is gonna get me choked up. Um, I have it, and when I opened the lid, I stuck my face in there and took a big old sniff, and it just smells like her. It smells like her house. It does, it does. The olfactory brings you back, oh, and so- Big time. You know, me, me cooking and all of
1: that would bring me back to a special place. Well, I'm glad, um, that's so moving, that's great.
0: It, well, that it's, you, that, yeah. I have a very special routine? place for grandma's and especially cooking. And obviously that's, you know, what brought you here to me because I'm so interested in, in all of this. But yeah, there's just something about grandma's kitchen, isn't there?
1: There's a warmth, there's a security, there's a, a love, a unconditional. Everything is unconditional and everything is peaceful in yes. a sense you feel that everything is going to be taken care of, right?
0: Yeah. I remember, I mean, she used to, she was a farmer too. So her, one of her counters in the summer was just full of, you know, green tomatoes or ripe red tomatoes and cucumbers and all of this stuff. And so I just, and then just the smell of her kitchen, and it doesn't even really smell like food. It just smells like grandma. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, That's wonderful. Yet, Is the smell still there? in the pot. Yes, it is. I it I I hope it never goes away, but then when you crank the heat underneath it, you yeah. smell pot roast.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. wonderful.
0: Lots of fun. Great mem- great memories. And cr- crazy important memories. What was it like seeing Grandma Rosa then after 10 years?
1: You know, I remember I mean till this day, so I came in the courtyard and she was up the stairs where all the animal pens were. And she was in her usual. She had a kind of a black dress and a black uh, uh, babushka, if you will, over mm-hmm. her head. And she was still up there and I ran up and she was not a big woman. She was a tiny and she I guess she had lost some weight. I remember picking her up and ah! just swinging her, swinging her around.
0: <laughs> I love that. So excited to see Grandma Rosa. Uh, let's go back. What did your, when you guys moved to New York, did your parents, did both of them find work or was just dad working? Well,
1: first my father, first my father, he was a mechanic. So they found, mm-hmm. uh, in a, uh, a Chevrolet plant, he was installing radios. Imagine at that time they were installing radios. So he got a job. My mother couldn't of course be a teacher because of the language. Right. So she found a job in, as a seamstress, every, every woman at that per- period knew how to, Sew a little or whatever, so she became a seamstress in the factory, and uh, they got a the job, and we started our life. My brother and I started school, and uh,
0: you know, we became Americans, if you will. How? We were so excited? Oh, I bet, I bet. In fact, you at the age of fourteen, you got a job. I did. I... Where? <laughs> well, a Walkins
1: Bakery. Uh, you know, there Christopher Watkins'
0: dad's bakery.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Christopher Walken, and there were three brothers. Okay. And and uh, I was 14, and he would come too, you know, he would he, his father made him, Paul Walken was the father, he would make them work on weekend. they would sure. come, all three guys, uh, they would deliver the cakes to the wedding halls or whatever, but we became friends at that early age, and we are still friends today.
0: Of course you are. And this wasn't, I mean, he wasn't. Christopher Walken at this time it was no, just
1: no 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 he's a few years older than I am so mm-hmm. you know he was going to school he loved dancing I know he would go to ballet ballet school and all of that and for me you know uh, that was uh, so so amazing I was taking his mother took me to see his first show he was oh. off Broadway best foot forward with Liza Minnelli
0: oh my Can you gosh.
1: <laughs> so. So, uh, I went there to see his, his that, he was in, that was his first performance. And you know, after that, for both of them, <laughs> their history. Uh, right. In, in, in the...
0: What were you doing at the bakery when you got the job there? I was, you know, uh, a sales
1: girls, I helped her. You know, I was 14, whatever they needed on the weekends, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Whatever they needed, uh, fold the boxes, uh, package things. And, uh, you know, I, I I made some money, uh, I loved it. And I started also baking, you know, I got in the back with the bakers. So when they were gone, if somebody needed something written on the cake, I would go and, you know, my, my food connection
0: continued. hmm yeah. And it actually, you said you met your husband. Uh, well, you tell me, when did you meet your hubby? Well, I
1: met him uh, I Was 16 actually at one of my girlfriends, you know the immigrants used to meet on a Sunday and at her house uh, uh, He came and he played the accordion. So he bought his accordion. So of course, you know uh, He uh, we, we we started it wasn't me I was young so it wasn't regular but he was a bit older He was seven years older than I am. Oh. So he he already his mind started thinking and he followed me Uh, Through and then and then I think for a while courted my
0: mother so he could get closer to me (laughs) He's a smart man (laughs) And you guys were married when? We were married in 1966. Okay, and you were how old at the time? Uh, 19 19 years old and so you you mentioned he was he was in the food industry He was. He was uh, um, in
1: in the restaurants as Mm -hmm. a maitre d' uh, in Mm. the front of the house. Okay. And when I was going to to college, because I started going to, I I would work in the city. Uh, Also, you know, everybody, when you're in college, you work in restaurants. You either wait tables or you uh, stand bar or whatever. And I began working in restaurants as well. And that slowly kind of connected and me working in the restaurant going in the back of the of the restaurant in the kitchen mm-hmm. starting with the chefs uh, and then meeting my husband who was in the restaurant industry and things all kind of one thing followed the other.
0: Did you find that you just kept going back to the kitchen and, and watching the chefs? Was that where you were drawn to? I was you know I just loved cooking
1: and mm-hmm. I love cooking and I love nurturing, feeding people. I loved the, the, the satisfaction mm-hmm. when something was good and people liked it. You know, you get, oh, gee, yes,
0: that's good. That's the and, best and part, so isn't
1: it? It is, it is. And so it gratified me very much. And the more it gratified me, the more I wanted to do it and cook. And ultimately, um, we got married and mm-hmm. he wanted to open a little restaurant. And uh, I said, okay, I will help you. And so uh, we began, in 1971, we opened our first little restaurant, and it had 13 tables, so it was very tiny. And uh, um, I wasn't a chef, certainly, we had a chef, but then I realized that I had a lot of things to learn, and I went in the kitchen and became uh, the sous chef, his sous chef, and for 10 years I stayed in the kitchen with the chef, working, honing my skills, and we grew as a business, we enlarged and then uh, we had two restaurants, and slowly I really felt my 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 uh,
0: kind of comfort mm-hmm. in being chef in the kitchen and cooking and doing it commercially. Was the chef the first chef uh, American or Italian or Italian American? He was Italian Italian American of Italian descent,
1: but cooked Italian American food, which was quite different than what we ate at home. Right. but I learned it all and it was good it's delicious food it still is you know one mm. of america's favorites uh, but it's
0: different it's 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 different did he did you teach him anything things that you learned from grandma Absol- rosa absolutely Absolutely, slowly then,
1: you know, first I kind of picked everything, whatever he did. And then I began to insert my special, like polenta, like risottos, and we would give it to, even though the the, the menu was Italian-American, with parmigiana, spaghetti and meatballs, all that, we began inserting my dishes, like polenta, like risotto, and people really loved them. And for 10 years, we kind of did that, and uh, by then we had two restaurants, And we decided that we were gonna sell those restaurants because they were in the suburbs and that we were gonna go into Manhattan. And that's in 1981 where we opened Philidia and I became the chef in Philidia.
0: Boom, just like that. Did you also find when you started inserting your things on the menu, you were sort of teaching this neighborhood about Italian food?
1: I was because, you know, Italy has 20 regions. And uh, you're traveling to regions, traveling to Italy, you notice that every region is a little different, very unique, you know, maybe the same name to the dish, pasta fagioli, but it's a little different. So Italians are very regional in their culture as far as food, as far as uh, dialects and all of that. And, uh, you know, I said, well, that's the Italian way. That's the, the way Italians eat. And uh, I yeah I sort of I am credited for bringing the regional Italian cuisine to
0: America. I love that. When did when was your aha moment? Like, yep, this is what I am meant to do. I am meant to be in the kitchen. I am meant to cook. Was it that first restaurant, or was it when you opened the restaurant in Manhattan? You know, uh,
1: uh, it's I I knew all along that you know I loved what I did and I got satisfaction. And then of course. You got also success, satisfaction, and financial. So all of that kind of right. builds you builds you up. Sure. But to tell you the truth, you know, I never saw a moment where I says, "Oh, I made it." Mm-hmm. I always thought that there was room to grow, to improve, uh, to to you know, to even. So so, was there an aha moment? Well, I got a lot of recognition. I got the James Beard Awards. I think seven of them. Uh, I got an Emmy, uh, three Emmys, and so on. So every each one of those was sort of a, a recognition moment. But uh, I always felt that there's more to do.
0: Mm. Well, and then you you never stop growing. Then, if that's you know, if that's your philosophy, you never stop trying to achieve something bigger and better.
1: Absolutely. And you know, but you know what happens when you when you sort of feel that then it comes time to mentor, to give back because Ah. a lot of people gave me. So that sort of uh, achievement and all of that uh, goes through a transition of passing on, which is very rewarding as well.
0: Oh, incredibly, I can't even imagine. So when did, at what point, you have this restaurant in Manhattan, at what point do people outside start recognizing Lydia Bastianich is kind of this powerhouse in the kitchen.
1: Well, you know, they would come. They were come in. The, the The restaurant was full. There was a line. The journalist, you know, the three mm. stars from the from the New York Times. Uh, but I think that uh, a very special moment was when Julia Child and James Beard they came together for dinner, and uh, you know, yeah, and. Uh, uh, so, you know, you get all the, but, but once I met her and she came, you yeah, know, they, they were both very towering figures, big guys. He was big and she was tall.
0: She's very tall, and, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and so, you know, but they were very sweet, very accepting. They were very curious about the food that I cooked, the regional Italian food. She loved my risotto and she ultimately wanted me to teach her how to make a risotto. And so she came over the house, and uh, we made risotto. And ultimately, she asked me to be on her show, the Master Chef series. And that's where kind of my my persona, TV persona, took off, mm. because uh, I made uh, we did two episodes, and they were great episodes because it was a good chemistry. You know, she was so mm. curious, so so straightforward. I just loved it. She would express her her feelings of uh, how, uh, how much she loved what she ate and what flavors and all of that. So uh, it was two good shows and the producer kind of came over and says, Lydia, I bought a show of your own. You're pretty good. And she encouraged me. And so I did it. And that was 30 years ago.
0: Wow. And you're still, I mean, you just wrapped up filming.
1: I Well, you
0: do every season, you mm-hmm. know,
1: you do, I do 26 episodes. OK. And uh, and so, yes, we're just editing the episodes that are going to Lydia's Kitchen that are going to go on in October.
0: Fantastic. What was it about your risotto that Julia Child loved? I think risotto was not common, you know, not mm-hmm.
1: many. Uh, they, 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 they didn't know how to make it and it was not part of the Italian-American repertoire, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I guess she loved rice. And it was I remember it was wild mushroom risotto. She oh. loved
0: that. Yum. I read somewhere a chef said with risotto when you're cooking it, you don't have to salt it because the salt from your brow, stirring, (laughs) will season the rice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, no, you have to be there because, you know,
1: the rice scorches if you you don't. You
0: have to mix the, the, the risotto. Absolutely. What? What was it like when you did get your show on PBS and first day, do you remember the first day? Cameras are there, all eyes on you. You know, uh,
1: I, the one thing that uh, maybe maybe made me, uh, uh, you know, when, when they said, do you wanna uh, do the show? I said, yes, two things. One thing that, you know, I wanted to be on PBS like Julia, but I wanted to film it in my kitchen. Mm. So the shows, the first shows, were filmed in my kitchen. So I was quite comfortable in my kitchen. You know, I knew where everything was. Yes, there were the cameras there, but I was still in my home. So that gave me a sense of comfort. And kind of, you know, the cameras never, never interfere with me. I always look right through the cameras and I, I know that the people out there are watching and I'm talking to people. So, so it, it, I was, the camera never kind of impeded me in my communication.
0: I would say that's probably a key to your success would you agree that you you never sort of talk over anyone it's really about teaching it's about uh sharing your passion for the food and looking at us right in the eyeballs and saying i want to share this with you
1: you know trish this this uh what i what i did learn from from julia watching her shows And uh, I, you know, her mentoring, whatever, she was about teaching. She was not Mm -hmm. about showing how much she knew, but she wanted the viewers to cook. And I said, you know, that's where it's at. If I'm going to take half an hour for my viewer to watch me, I better give them something that they can take back and how they can connect to Lydia and Lydia's flavor by cooking. And so I, yeah. So I make things as simple as good, as straightforward as they could be. And people really related to that and were able to duplicate it and made them feel good. Like, you know, it makes me feel good when I cook and I feed my family.
0: Exactly. They get that. Oh, this is delicious from their family and yeah. friends when they put yeah. it on the table. What do you think with that? Because I have this little note written here. Um, I, I love to cook. Absolutely love it. I've been cooking forever. I come from a family of cooks. What do you think is the biggest oops in the kitchen that home cooks make? Well, I think there's two things. I think uh, um, uh,
1: that they they are they feel that they can cook that this is a challenge, so they have to relax because everybody can cook something.
0: That's where the wine and, comes uh, in, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. A little wine, have a little wine. And secondly, is that you know they think that maybe uh, maybe there's too many of these uh, fancy chefs. Uh, complicated things makes things better. Instead, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Simplicity and the focus on good ingredients. Get the best ingredients you can, you can in season, mm-hmm. locally, like your grandmother's tomatoes or whatever. Make something with that simplicity and uh, you got yourself a good meal. And that sort of
0: perpetuates your self-confidence and continuing of cooking. Exactly. And I noticed that about your cooking. It's most of it, I would say the majority of it is incredibly simple. It's just good olive oil, good veggies, good fresh pasta, good dry pasta, salt and pepper. I mean, just simple. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. The simplest, the ingredients are the secrets. The ingredients are the protagonists, you know. The chef only kind of directs them where to, what to do, but uh, the, the ingredients are that bring the flavor to the dish. Exactly, and you've
0: written how many cookbooks now do you know? 12, 12 cookbooks. 12 cookbooks. How much work does it take to, to write a cookbook? Two years. Two years. Two years, yeah. It takes two years usually, for me at least. OK.
1: Uh, and and that works well with the shows and everything. Because out of one book, I, I get 52 episodes, which is two years of shows. Mm-hmm. And in those two years, I am writing another cookbook and it takes you know the concept then looking for the recipes then putting down the recipes writing them testing them uh and then you know presenting it to the to the to the publisher and you know what what is the message is it uh it cooking is it regional cooking is it whatever so because you have to you know it's it's uh, you're you're given instruction you have to deliver information to your Readers through the book or through the show. I feel very uh, um, uh, strongly about that. That you know, uh, when when somebody follows me, buys my book, or watches me on television, that they get something for that. And so once you do that, then you then you begin to do the photography of the of the of the recipes and so on, then the editing of the book and so on. So it takes about two
0: years to complete a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Okay do you still and i'm sure you are are still cooking some of your old favorites where do you pull inspiration from for new dishes even let's say for dinner tonight i mean are you still doing that sort of researching and finding different things to cook
1: all the time you know uh people say lydia what are your recipes i didn't invent any (laughs) recipe i didn't I use the italian Mm -hmm. uh kind of History of, of 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 recipes, and I work with those. I modify them, yes, a little bit. I make maybe new little combinations. Uh, I uh, what drives me is the season and the products, you mm. know. So I will be. Uh, stimulated if I open the refrigerator and uh, I see uh, what I have in there and uh, for example you know I was I was looking today yesterday we had with grandma now I live with my mother she's 99 Mm -hmm. and you know with with the situation now I take care of her yes and uh, so we had some clams uh, in a la triestina with scallions and, and onions and white wine and all of that And I had clams, we had clams left. So I took them out of the shell in their juices and they're in the refrigerator. When I'm finished talking to you, I'm gonna go make a risotto with the clams. So you see, you're kind of, first of all, not wasting, recycling. And you know, they were so delicious yesterday. I'm gonna give them a new life today.
0: Okay, I was gonna ask you what's for dinner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So it's clam risotto. Risotto con vongole. Mm, sounds amazing. I've I've interviewed several chefs that have experienced burnout because they've worked in restaurants and they've, you know, they've moved up the ladder and then they quit and then they always find themselves back in the kitchen because the passion runs so deep. Have you ever experienced burnout or I mean because you've been doing this for so long? well you do
1: you do you get Mm. you know you get kind of to a point okay especially because if you're out in the field it's such a competitive field right you know these these and i feel for these chefs the young chefs they feel they need to reinvent the wheel reinvent this i am not that kind of a chef i am a traditional chef that cooks the traditional recipes so i i I don't use uh, foam and this and that that's not my style, but I can feel for these young mm-hmm. uh, chefs the fact that they need to to create. And that is, you know, I have the gift of this tradition, culinary tradition that I use as a source. Now, these young people, you know, maybe they, they did some Spanish cooking, they did some Italian cooking, but they don't have maybe a strong... Roots like I do in one cuisine, Mm. and so they sort of combine this blends of cuisine and these new methods and these new uh, techniques and all of that. This is what they have to work with, and sometimes it's stressful, you know, uh, to do that. Uh, So I I feel for them, and some of them really do also are very inventive and do great things. That's another, you know, another segment of our
0: of our industry for sure. Absolutely. Um, How many restaurants? Do you have right now? Uh, well, now with the situation, uh,
1: it's some of them are closed, some of yeah. them are open. It's yeah, but altogether uh, eight. Okay, is there a plan to reopen those restaurants? Well, you know, they're not allowing us. I think right. that you know, my daughter actually, Tanya, and my son have taken on uh, this. This really, mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a chore. It's a challenge. So we have Lupa and and Casamono, which are open because they have outside space okay you can only serve outside now but the other ones you know del posto and felidia and babo we don't have places outside you can't open on on 10th avenue or on 58th street outside so they're closed and uh is also closed it's in the theater district that depends on 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 the theater so much that's closed and And so we we are waiting for the Governor and mm-hmm. the Mayor to allow indoor eating for us to be able to open. it's 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 tough, tough, tough for our industry. So many people are without work. I know uh, it's a tough period, really tough period.
0: It's heartbreaking. And I, like so many people, we're just putting some positive vibes out there asking people to be safe. So we can get back to eating in some of our favorite restaurants because that's. That's what makes life so delicious.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what New York is all about. That's mm. where it all happens. And and so, you know, but we don't know. We just don't know. We are at the mercy of of the of the virus and uh,
0: and of our politicians. Exactly. Um for those who are listening, you actually have a lot of your episodes online. Um I just wanted to read this because uh your website uh lydia'sitaly.com uh, your shows can be found on Create Older Shows now available on Amazon Prime and cooking segments featured on your YouTube channel, which is Tutto Lydia. Exactly. So yes,
1: you know I'm doing a lot of things at home mm-hmm. uh, and things like like with you and some cooking things, and so I continued the message. So it's it's you know I'm I'm still involved, and they could get on all of
0: those venues. Uh, see my shows, get my recipes, and continue to cook at home now. Continue cooking, get in that kitchen and cook. We're going to wrap up just a little bit, but I want to get to my final three questions that I ask everybody. Um, Lydia Bastianich, what's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice, uh, are you talking about professionally? I'm talking about professionally and at home, just in life. Do you know,
1: I think some, and I tell my grandkids and everybody, some really basic advice Mm -hmm. that I was given. And and that is how to modify your approach to life in a sense. You know, uh, we we, um, hate, anger, these sentiments get them out of, you because these are sentiments you usually have anger towards somebody you or maybe have some hate or some situation but even though you do they those sentiments stay with you mm-hmm. so let go of this those sentiments just nullify them do not be positive so you know when i get angry or something you know i kind of try to shut it off and all of that and uh, be uh, be um you know i am also spiritual you know have a place where you find comfort, where you find solace and uh, peace. Uh, nature, mm-hmm. the kitchen, the cooking is one place <laughs> you know that you could really, really. Uh... So I think that was some of some of some of the best uh, advice, you know, on how to um, monitor my my myself
0: right. to be a better person. Well, it's harder to be negative. It's easy to be a positive person.
1: Well, uh, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, people are always uh, rather <laughs> angry or this or that. you got to let go of those sentiments. For sure. Just let them go. Yeah.
0: yeah. Positive energy begets positive energy. Um, exactly. What is your happy place?
1: My happy place? I love the sea. Mm. I love sailing. I love uh, dunking in the sea. I love being by the sea. I love nature. Uh, the garden, that's my that those are my happy places. Mm. I love good music too, with some good music in the background.
0: Okay, if you were ever given a final meal and a final drink, what would that look like?
1: Oh, well, it's certainly uh, a nice glass of uh, white Friuli, and you know, we're up in Friuli, so we do make wine. I, uh, My Vespa, I have a nice glass of cold white uh, Vespa, which is partly uh, Friulano, you know, some of those white grapes, crispy white grapes Mm. from Friuli. Um, You know, simple, simple. Talking about clams, I love linguine clam sauce. Uh, It's garlic oil, clams, and pasta. That's fine. Some, I would begin with some great uh, fresh prosciutto slices, some grana padano cheese, some ripe figs,
0: glass of fresh white wine, Mm. I'm all set.
1: Sounds good?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll take I'll take one, please. (laughs) Uh, Lydia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, Your story is not only fascinating, but it's inspiring, too, right? I mean, you you came to New York City as at at 12 years old. and, And look at where you are right now. Only in
1: America, Trish, only in America. Yeah, I know we're going through a period or whatever. Yeah, but still. Still, America is America.
0: And we've got to to hold on to the hope, right? Absolutely. I never, I mean, I've
1: been through camps and all of that. I know there's no better place than Mm. the United States of America. And I'm ever grateful to be able to be here and to have my family here.
0: Well, salute to your uh, clam risotto tonight. I'm going to make sure (laughs) I cheers with my husband tonight, just over chatting with you because I feel like it was a, a really... Awesome whatever 40 minutes that we just spent together. So thank you so well, much. You've been my best. Thanks Trish. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao.